You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Today on our show, we have a special guest. Of course, every guest is special, but I like to think right now this guest is particularly special. Uh, This guest has been leading a ScumVM project development for almost two decades. Uh, He's touched around two and a half million lines of code. Imagine that. uh, Giving retro enthusiasts the ability to play their favorite games, often with added features, improved graphics, and more that we'll get into during this episode. May I please introduce to all of you, Eugene Sandalenko. Is that correct? (laughs) Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, Thank you guys for inviting me. Yes. It's definitely a pleasure. Yeah. So here I am. Yeah, we're really, really happy to have you, mate. I'm, uh, you know, I've I've thought about this before the episode, how to word my my affinity for your project, because it's like, I'm not sure if you can be a fan of a virtual machine, but I guess I am, right? Because it's been it's been a long time where I've uh, many, I don't know, at least a decade for me where I've been, um, you know, just downloading da- daily builds and, and particularly having a lot of interest in in the iOS ports and building them and playing with them and turning old iDevices into basically just adventure game emulators thanks to, th- thanks to you. So um, just, yeah, as, as a fan, I guess I should thank you very much for all your hard work because, yeah, looking at some of the, the comments and, and getting things like that, it's, it's unbelievable how much, you guys, how much you guys do every single day. Yeah, indeed, and thank you for sharing this because this is uh, one of the primary reasons why we are doing this, to make uh, the lovers of adventure games happy and uh, mm-hmm. to how to say re- revitalize uh, some of those games and we were so happy so, to see them uh, coming back to market available to users because there are so many gems hidden and not so hidden you know like dramatic things like monkey island so that's why we are doing this <laughs> still yeah yeah and and just again extremely grateful for that because for example um, I, I guess I guess we're just kind of going to get right into it, it turns out. But um, I was listening to your, your lovely interview um, on the Retro uh, Tea Break. Um, to our listeners, you should check that out. His, his entire channel is lovely. Um, and it's a, it's a wonderful interview. Um, but you had mentioned there that, that two of your favorite adventure games um, are, are also two of mine. Like, they're in my, my top five or ten. I don't know. I change that list every month. But, but that being the, the Neverhood and Blade Runner. Um, just if I had to, if I had to say my my favorite non Sierra non Lucas Arts adventure games, those two are it. So cheers, mate, because that's, that's some good taste. And it's also just a great example of what Scum does for us because the, those games come from an era that are is really difficult to emulate games right from that late mm-hmm. '90s era. So to be able to to say to somebody, you know, if you pay, if you find a CD with with Neverhood on eBay, you know, you can just bloody run it on Scum on on your Nintendo Switch even if you want. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Scum VM is, is all about portability. And uh, the most weird, the weirdest ports where most of those games can work uh, were the port for the Samsung TV sets. So no computer, just a TV set. Of course, now we have mm-hmm. Android in every TV, but... Uh, we, we have this port for like 15 years. But the one port which I'm particularly proud of is the port which natively runs on Nintendo 64. Like, can you mm. imagine that? 
Like it's a cartridge-based mm-hmm. system, and you have some cartridge with the flash memory in them, and you can take a DOS game, which is like uh, in the imagination of many people, like tons more powerful system, and it still runs in Nintendo, Nintendo 64. Amazing. Incredible. Yeah. So, so since we're kind of on the, the topic of, of ports, um, the, I, I, was, I was curious as to the process behind how, how Scum ends up to, to a specific port, you know, whether, whether that's um, one of the ports I, I, I quite enjoy, uh, even, even if it's, I, I don't, I'm not sure the word for it, but I, I really enjoy the, the Windows 9X port. Um, because, you know, for, for example, I'm making a game in AGS, so I get to, I get to, you know, put my game in scum on my, um, you know, my, uh, 486 and, and see it on my CRT and it's really cool. So just kind of curious, like how the process behind a port, does it come from just like a passionate community member or, you know, if you wouldn't mind, just walk us through, you know, how you yeah, decide to sure. port things where. Yes, absolutely. Let me do it. But before that, I would like to do a little clarification. And this is the co- something common. Uh, a lot of people, uh, they call our project just the SCUM. Uh, but SCUM is the script re- creation utility for Maniac Mansion. This is one particular engine which was used by LucasArts. And uh, SCUMVM itself, we, can say we contain uh, 94 engines by this moment. So when you when you talk about scum, this is like one ninety fourth of the whole project. So this is just a little little mm-hmm. nitpick, I would say. Uh, but still, like people say, hey, yeah. it's not working on scum. But uh, for us, it's like we have a team which is responsible specifically for the scum based games, and for them, it's uh, it's not to them, it's to someone else, right? So in regards right, right. of the port, uh, how it works, the project itself from the very very beginning was created about portability. What does it mean? Hmm. Uh, we implemented uh, this abstraction platform uh, or hardware abstraction layer, uh, which is called O-System. Uh, just historical name. Don't ask me why. No, I think it was because objective system. It was O-System. And uh, then uh, then it is like, like a kernel, let's put it, uh, or something which is like a library and then when you have mm-hmm. a game engine, which is a program which is supposed to operate or and uh, supposed to manipulate with the game data files when showing pictures there, playing sound there, reacting to some input, etc. Right, all different technologies for uh, for all of this multitude of the games. Uh, when uh, the engine needs to talk, original one, let's say it was written for those, when it needs to talk to screen or talk to, let's say, to the uh, timer or uh, talk to CD drive or playing CD track, then uh, we adapt it to use our API of this old system. Meaning that all the lang- all the engines, they are working on top of this common hardware abstraction layer. So that comes with the one part. And then we have somebody who is passionate about some particular platform. Let's say one of the uh, more recent ports were, were to Nintendo Switch. It was mentioned already. And then person knows, for instance, how to play a sound on a platform or how to um, uh, show, share, 
and all the different or how to access file system. And what they need to do, they need to implement only those relatively little pieces of code which will be talking to specific uh, hardware. Uh, mm. To give you an example, uh, we are showing and we were uh, working for a long, long while with only two-dimensional games, like great example, Monkey Island. It's, it is two-dimensional mm. game, uh, like a contrast is Mist 3, which is three-dimensional game, right? And uh, mm. But uh, Dreamcast, it doesn't have even a concept of two, of, of two dimensions. It can draw only polygons. And the uh, backend for Dreamcast renders things on the texture, which is then projected on a polygons, which are simulating to the, uh, this two-dimensional look. This is like one example. Another example, Tell me if I go too much into details. Uh, another no, example no, is I Nintendo. Please, details. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. Nintendo 64 or Nintendo Double Screen, for instance. Nintendo Double Screen doesn't have concept of uh, file. It is just a con continuous block of memory. Some of it exists in a game cartridge. Some of this is RAM, etc., etc. So in order to put a game into Nintendo double screen, we had to actually simulate the file system. So we take in the file games original and we pack them and produce then uh, like ROM FS, which, which is then transferred to Nintendo D, uh, double screen. And this is how it works. So this, how, uh, look, that, so that's the process. So we need somebody who is, has not so intimate, but at least okay knowledge of a specific platform. Uh, they joined the project, and uh, by my estimate, I still hold it. Maybe uh, with 3D games, uh, 3D games, it's a bit longer. But for 2D games, it takes about a couple of weeks of evenings, like all of us volunteers, mm -hmm. right, in order to port a system for a specific platform. And then all of the hundreds and thousands of games will work. Because uh, remember, right, all of those games, they are built on top of this abstraction layer. And then you implement it. Mm -hmm. uh, right. A good example for you could be Java. That's a perfect example. Because right. Java VM is a relatively small thing. And then Java is so could be so tiny that it works even if you remember it was uh, mobile phones the old ones not smartphones right <laughs> uh, it was a uh, like a small stripped down java but still java right and then you remember the motto of java write uh, once uh, run everywhere because you have java vm and uh, scan vm is not like exactly like Java VM in this sense, because we have a bunch of virtual machines inside of it. But in terms right. of the abstraction, this is how it works. Mm. I yeah, hope I answered your your question very, very lengthy in two yeah. details. But well, what very about, well, what about uh, text games? How does that differ and, and how has the port to, of that particular type of game been going? Uh, there is no difference from the uh, standpoint of uh, SCUM or for system, SCUM VM, again, because uh, what we do, we have uh, our text rendering engine, which is free type library, if you heard about this. And then we just render mm -hmm. it on a surface 
and showing the picture because from the standpoint of uh, of the backends they see no difference it is just internals oh, of the yeah. engine yeah because okay. again uh, like scumvm is replementation you have well, you can have whatever logic if you have within a game mm -hmm. and then porting it to a system it, and this is how it works within scumvm okay okay so so let me ask you if you don't mind i'm curious as to how or the process behind when scum um, I, I'm not sure the exact correct wording, but inherence an engine. Like, for example, I, I believe Scum, or may, perhaps merged is better. Uh, when Scum merged, uh, was it Nagy or Sarian? Um, you, you, things, you know, when, when he merged, let's say, with the SCI engine or AGI engine, or, or even more recently when he merged the AGS engine, um, I was kind of curious, you know, w what the process is behind that, the amount of work, the amount of code. Um, it's a bit of a two-part, but I'll leave it there for now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a good question because I was working on the AGI version, uh, or AGI oh, engine, nice. actually. <laughs> it was my pet project because I grew up on the uh, on the Sierra games, and it was uh, mm -hmm. for me, yes, mm -hmm. for me, a very important milestone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yes, thank you so uh, much. <laughs> actually, frankly speaking, about uh, these, uh, about AGI uh, engine specifically, I made a mistake. I chose the wrong interpreter. At that point, there was mm. two implementations. It was Sarian and it was NAGI. And I chose Sarian because it was seemingly supporting so many games because it was fine detection system, uh, but it was uh, very hacky and inaccurate. And mm. until maybe like five years ago, uh, we had the graphics subsystem fully rewritten and this is when we finally reached out proper compatibility. So back to your question, how a portion of an existing code uh, looks like. That's the thing. Uh, it is not different, different, uh, different uh, from porting of a commercial game when we have access to original source code and porting of some existing ones. So consider this. There was a, sorry, or there was free SCI, or there is there was AGS. AGS was originally built on top of the SDL, simple direct layer. Mm -hmm. And then SDL is uh, very similar to what our system does, uh, but our system has much more uh, functionality. Like we have video format decoders, graphics decoders, etc., etc. But basically. It uh, comes down to rendering a uh, bunch of pixels, square of pixels on a screen. Uh, mm. First, like initializing the screen, meaning that you are requesting what would be the color, what would be the palette. Uh, then you uh, initialize it, and then you start, uh, for instance, uh, the, the, there should be some part of the engine of AJS, for instance, which talks to keyboard. And then mm -hmm. what we did, we replaced this call to SDL with call to our system. And uh, like slowly going through the whole source and replacing all of these uh, specific calls uh, wow. to mm -hmm. our system calls, this is the, the porting of the of engine uh, to minimal, let's say, porting of engine to ScumVM. 
very often we go beyond mm -hmm. that and uh, we uh, do enhancement we do some uh, maybe re-architecturing of the engine or we support uh, several different uh, versions of an of a single engine when for instance a ci it's a very good example super messy i don't know how many hundreds of minor different <laughs> versions they had we combine combine everything in the one single piece of code which works with all of them and uh, nice. yeah so, so this is how we do this is this is the process and of course like um when we talk about commercial games it's not uh seldom when we see uh, that the programmers apparently were learning programming when they were writing those um, ah, uh, and enough. the code quality is um, how to say yes and we end up rewriting it yes why are i mean why do you code when, when was the first time you put a together code what kind of led you in this direction i mean obviously it sounds like you were a bit of a gamer growing up so you must have had computers growing up or access to games as a kid uh yes i did i had access but are you asking me about programming in general or specifically a scum vm project um, well, in, I mean, yeah, kind of what led you to the Scum VM project? Did you all did you just start programming with Scum VM, or were you working oh. on programming on your own? Like, say, with doing full throttle, was that your first project, or was there stuff before that? When I was doing full throttle, I had already ten years of experience, uh, and mm, out okay. of those ten years of experience, uh, three years prior to that were with reverse engineering. Because mm. with full throttle, we didn't have and still don't have the access to the original source code. All of this is reverse engineered. And this is very mm. painstakingly, it's been like a very difficult process. Uh, how I did, uh, I got, um, I went to a shop and I saw this great game, which I like. I, I was reading the description, and it seems to be appealing. I bought it, I came home and uh, I was, running FreeBSD at home, my home computer, not mm -hmm. Windows. And then I started to take a look how can I play this game and uh, Googling, or maybe it was AltaVista at the time, I don't remember, um, <laughs> quickly brought me to ScumVM and it was at that moment a 0 0.5 uh, version and indeed Full Throttle was uh, supported. I launched it. Hmm. And the game was not recognized because it was uh, localized into Russian, but it was very easy to mm -hmm. fix. I fixed it. Then I, it started to show me something and immediately crashed. Uh, but mm -hmm. I'm a programmer, right? Uh, so like uh, I opened it, I decided to see why it is crashed. It's open source. And it was another fix into the font rendering, obviously, because mm -hmm. it was written in Cyrillic, not in with the Latin alphabet. So there was some difference there. Then I started to play further. And at that moment, uh, we didn't have this insane subsystem. Insane is the uh, used for the bike fights. If you ah. play the game, right. you there is adventure mm -hmm. and then switch <laughs> to the bike fights. Instead of that, yeah. we were mm -hmm. showing, uh, instead of this huge chunk of game where you have to fight for the ramp, uh, ScumVM was showing a pop-up, it's like, oh, insane is not implemented, 
here is your ramp. Good luck with the rest of the game. You know, mm. if you, this is right. not the full experience. <laughs> I would like to have the full experience. <laughs> yeah. and, it's not a very long uh, game to begin with. So, <laughs> yeah. And then I, I jumped <laughs> to IRC. I was uh, I'm an IRC user from 1995. And by the way, it was 2003. And uh, so it was for me natural to jump to IRC and speak directly to developers. I still remember like Fingolfin and the Max Max Horn, mm -hmm. uh, the co-lead of that time. He was telling me, oh, good luck with this insane subsystem. I didn't recognize why. <laughs> I can tell you, if I would only know, knew that <laughs> it will take me three and a half months of practically every evening till the late night of reverse engineering, I wouldn't probably mm -hmm. dare to even start it. But then I went <laughs> into it. Yes, I <laughs> went into it. It was like, very, really very, like, knee deep in the cold, my sleeves were rolled up and then I would stopped only when mm, I remember I was starting to submit in patches and it was awkward via SourceForge. And then at some point, uh, Max Findelfin, he got fed of me and he told, okay, here is your uh, SVN sub subversion access, go commit it directly. And this is how I joined the team. I wanted to play this game. Later, uh, <laughs> very uh, like just a little bit later, I had kids, and I found mm -hmm. out these beautiful uh, uh, games, and I still recommend. For of course, it's uh, like every parents decide for themselves. But if anybody would ask mm -hmm. me, I would highly recommend if you have a kid, children, get them raised on these beautiful creations of Ron Gilbert. Humongous entertainment games. Oh yeah, humongous. Yes. I, I think you know what Paul and I have been doing just that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And I. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful advice. Yeah, my my son uh, as well as as Anne's children have been playing. You know, uh, Freddy Fish and and yeah, I think everything but Spy Fox on my end. But yeah, that that is really good advice. We did Spy Foxes are hard even for me. Those are like the, the grown up. <laughs> humongous games in a way yeah. <laughs> great mystery yeah. games i love them all and yeah. i wanted these games to so, be played yeah yeah mm -hmm. and we teamed up with travis hollow uh kirben unfortunately he kind of left the project since like 10 years ago and we started mm. to hack and it was a lot of like uh Goods and beds uh, when we were doing it and it was breakthrough. I still remember this. Still, it, it's just imprinted in my in my brain. This breakthrough when Travis came to me, take a look at this, run it, and we had some uh, humongous entertainment. I think it was uh, airport with Buzzy, which starts with the airplane flying through the uh, left to right and the screen, and it was the very first thing mm -hmm. which we saw in the engine. It was like exciting. Yeah. yeah, this this brought me like much more to the, to the project. <laughs> yeah, that's the payoff. Yeah, that's really that's really nice. Yeah, I, I've, it's it, it it does it does remind me, if, you know, honestly, of, uh, I guess who I'm speaking to in a sense because I've I've uh, I, not to to you know overly soften or romanticize the episode all of a sudden, but I have spent hours on the floor of my living room next to, next to my five, six, seven, whatever he is at the time, your old son on scum BM playing humongous games mm -hmm. or day of the tank or mixed up mother goose mm -hmm. or, or anything like that, you know, literally on scum and, and just having like 
recreating memories with my son that I had with my father that, that mean, they mean a lot mm -hmm. to me. I don't, I don't know how much they mean to my son. We'll find out, but, but for now they mean <laughs> a lot to me and, and I get to do that because of the work you put in. So, you know, just, mm, just in great. case it's not said enough, you know, thank you very much again for, for what you do. Oh, thank you. Um, but that being said, too, I do want to ask you um, a couple more technical questions. Um, one of them is, is kind of related to, to things we've touched on in the last two or three questions um, in the sense that you had mentioned that not having uh, access to the source code means reverse engineering and what it takes to, to merge an engine. And this brings me to, I guess you could say, the Dynamex question um or 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 dynamics question um because from what i loosely understand like each one of their games has its own custom engine or something so would you mind walking us through you know kind of uh, what the issue is there because i feel i feel like learning about that will kind of help us understand how engines are implemented and how much work goes into a single game on your end yeah absolutely so uh, what's an engine engine is basically all the game logic which was in the original executable that's what is cons consists of scavium engine there are mm -hmm. two big groups of engines we can split them into two one part is virtual machines and one part mm -hmm. is so-called hard-coded ones what does it mean um, it was invented by i think by ron gildort for uh, for Maniac Mansion, uh, if you remember that at that moment uh, there was a big zoo of small and bigger systems like Atari, I don't know Amiga, uh, Apple, mm -hmm. just DOS, and the, for Maniac Mansion exists on dozen platforms originally. I mean, mm -hmm. and they came up with this clever idea instead of hard coding the game and writing it in a C they wrote a relatively high-level language, which is COM, which uh, had things like move actor from this point to this point. And you can imagine that behind the scene, there's like tons of actual code which is doing this, decoding graphics, and like layers, priorities, etc., etc. Uh, they did it for two purposes. Uh, one of them, they it let them uh, port scum to uh, scum based games to any new system very easily and straightforward and second mm -hmm. uh, they let non programmers write the actual game scripts mm. so these are uh, the like type of engines which are based on the virtual machines and as you can imagine Mm -hmm. uh, the size of this virtual machine is relatively small because, for instance, early versions of SCUM, they had about 200 of codes or even less, and that's it. AGI uh, ver early versions were like 80 uh, uh, of, like, of codes. And if you remember, the original executable is like 30 kilobytes or something. And uh -huh. as a result, this is the amount of code you need to reverse engineer, and you are just rewriting this. Wow. And uh, then, and this is one thing. And then second one, since it is like virtual, portable virtual machine, the code itself is much, uh, much cleaner, much better organized. Right. And, mm -hmm. and this is one part. And then second part, and this is where the dynamics games stand uh, at. 
It is when all of the game logic for every room, for every uh, inventory item, for every object, object on the screen is written in C or Pascal or which is worse in C++. Because then you have hundreds of kilobytes of code. And it's so tedious and so boring because it's like <laughs> repeatedly same thing over and over again. And if you have a hundred rooms and then for every rooms, even 10 kilobytes, you're talking about megabytes of code. This, by the way, what was happening mm -hmm. with the Blade Runner because every uh, location, oh. it's a single separate DLL. Uh, mm -hmm. So the uh, the project had like 90 DLLs. Can you imagine the oh amount God. of work? This, wow. is, this is why we were talking. Uh, it, it took us eight years to reverse engineer that. Oh my God. So, yeah. See, we could do problem. a whole episode on Blade Runner alone. <laughs> yeah. So that's the primary <laughs> problem. And dynamics, they are unfortunately hard-coded. So when a person takes it, okay, they will implement like reading of the resources, but then the game logic starts and it's like a triple mm. phase problem. It's tons right. of work. You have to have a really big, big love for those games in order to do it. Mm -hmm. Maybe sooner or later it will happen. It happened with Blade Runner. It happened with the Ring World, which is all hard-coded. Uh, it, it happened with the uh, Titanic, which is uh, mm -hmm. Starship Titanic, which is it's a great used game. to be and then, yeah, because you have your text parser and everything mixed in with that one. And this is Dream Master is a machine. Like uh, he, Paul, yeah. uh, Paul, he is re reversing so many things. And if not Paul, <laughs> we would never do it because it's it used to be the biggest engine for a for a lot of for a short while in Scanvia until we had AGS uh, because it's so complex, a lot of work. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that that brings me to another more kind of obscure question, perhaps. Um, one I'll just kind of say for the listeners is that the Scumbium does does a lot of neat things kind of under the surface, uh, under the hood or whatever, mm -hmm. as far as uh, like the Scumbium tool pack that you can download from the website. Um, and one of the things I had some fun with was extracting um, my copy of the uh, Maniac Mansion for NES um, ROM. And, and Scumbium is then able to take the, the data files and, and run the NES version of Maniac Mansion in Scum, which is, is really fun. So a two-part question, one being, um, what, what does it take going behind that? I imagine it's a little, uh, it involves somebody with some experience, I would imagine, on the Nintendo or console side. And then the other part of the question would be, could I, just in a personal, selfish sort of way, could, could I hope for, let's say, the same ability for the King's Quest Nintendo release, or is there something holding that back, or is perhaps it not an SCI like the uh, Revolution port? Um, so yeah, kind of a lot of questions on the console uh, end of, of these these games. Yeah, you actually have you know the answer for this. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 yes, you will hear. So first of all, in uh, terms of the NES port of Minecraft Mansion, uh, by the way, I was also very very closely. Uh, involved in it, but Quietus, uh did all most of the programming because he is very, very, very well versed with NES internals. Uh, uh -huh. This is exactly based on the SCUM engine. It is, as we call it internally, SCUM 1.5. So it is between one <laughs> and between uh, version two. 
of course, the graphics is all different. The graphics formats and the music is all different. We have actually to sometimes some, sometimes people call Scambian an emulator, but it is not. It's just re-implementation. Yeah. But for instance, we have emulator for the NES sound chip. So we have that yeah. piece of code, and then it was just uh, very very uh, internally. Uh, Maniac mentioned for NES is uh, like scripts are basically the same as Maniac, Maniac Mansion uh, EGA version. Like, it is practically no. the same game, just the graphics is different okay. and sound is different. While King's Quest, mm -hmm. it is not a, not a, a CI engine. It's a completely different. They took the game assets, but it is the all custom thing. I, I don't know. I think it is even hard-coded. So this is uh, why uh, adding support to it, that would mean that somebody in terms of the SCAM VM has to create a new engine from the scratch. Wow. Right. Wow. Uh, an another good example for you is the Broken Sword. Uh, we mm -hmm. had for the Broken Sword from the very beginning the um, original uh, engine code, and it was very good collaborations with the Revolution software. Uh, how it's called? Uh, game Theater, I believe, something like this. Uh, no, I don't remember the original uh, name. But uh, later, they created uh, Broken Sword from the Nintendo Double Screen. If you remember this, mm. there was a, this release. And that engine, is a virtual theater, and that engine is different. So this is why, while we support uh, Broken Sword for uh, DOS Windows and uh, for PSX, the very uh, the original right. ones. We cannot support Broken Sword from the Nintendo Double Screen because it's a new engine. We just need right. to create everything from the scratch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a good sense. example for you. Uh, another good example for you. Have you heard about Maniac Mansion Deluxe, which was created on yes. AGS? Mm -hmm. This is yes. exactly what happened with, with, with King Quest. Somebody took the original idea and just rewrote everything in the new engine. Ah, okay. Mm. Yeah, very clear. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, and mm -hmm. you know, real quick, is, is, that the, is it the same scenario with the Sega release of King's Quest 1? Mm, I think so. I, no, I don't remember. I didn't know they existed. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought of it too. I'm not sure if I've ever, I've ever searched, searched the Scum Wiki for it. To look at that later. No, because <laughs> I think Scum, so you support the uh, the PlayStation version of uh, Monkey Island, right? Or Monkey Island Two? Uh, is it that's on there? Monkey Island Four, the Escape from Monkey Island, exists on PlayStation. Yes. Oh, that's okay. What. Yes, that's the one. Uh, but Escape Escape for Monkey Island is not Scum Engine. It's so-called Grime Engine. Uh, Green Fandango and oh. Monkey Island 4 based on this game because they are 3D. Right, mm. right, okay. Well, you know what, that, that'll, that'll transition me nice into my, my next note here for you. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I feel I, I, I could totally be wrong too, but I felt like when I was first getting involved with Scum 10 years ago, there was uh, maybe an aversion to, to any 3D games, whereas fast forward to today, Scum, for example, I guess easily put uh, recently merged with the, the sister project residual VM. Um, and for listeners who don't know, residual was used to handle um, what the lo uh, longest journey, Ukraine Fandango, the, the more, well, the 3d games. Um, so the question being, um, what was the behind the decision to, to merge those two and to, 
I, I guess perhaps loosen up a little bit as far as what Scum would uh, em, uh, not emulate, what Scum would support. Um, so the original residual VM, uh, how it was born, it was part of the of our team, uh, and uh, we just had all of these LucasArts games, which were 2D. And then there was Grim Fandango and Monkey Island 4, which were kind of residual of the whole LucasArts thing. This is hence the pun of the name, Residual VM. Yeah, nice. I never put that together, and, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 3D games, uh, they are much more complex internally. And at that moment, which was maybe like, I don't know, 17, 16 years ago, it was uh, relatively difficult for us to support those uh, because compatibility with 3D games uh, was much, much lower. Uh, Residual VM is still working those games mostly on the desktops, and now there is Android port, but no other one. And uh, for us as a project, it was always kind of, we would like to uh, have new added, newly added engines uh, supported on as many platforms as possible. And this is why Residual VM was standing separate. Uh, then uh, later, because of the some of internal tensions, the project split out. And at that moment, when it was split out, it was uh, supporting only Grim Fandango. Then it was later when they added uh, the, the Longest Journey, the Mist 3, and now in Cold Blood, which is in works. Uh, but mm -hmm. they were sister project in a sense. It was the same old system. The, but in additional to all of this code, which we have for decoding uh, graphics formats, decoding audio formats, they had additional pieces of code which are working with 3D games. And uh, what was happening also is that uh, they, every once a year, approximately once a year, they were taking all of the, our all system changes and were porting back to the residual VM. And every year it was more and more difficult, cumbersome. This is one uh, reason, so we wanted to solve that. But second one, uh, this is something which I don't like, but this is reality. More and more old platforms are dying. As you take a look now, mm. we have only few active platforms. Like nobody plays with, with iRix. Nobody plays with, I don't know, what the Nintendo 64 already. The Palm OS mm -hmm. is very, very old, and nobody is playing. Yeah. The actual hardware is old. Nobody is even there to run it. It's uh, too like time expensive. And as a result, mm -hmm. uh, now we have no no problem of this that uh, it will be not so well supported, and the compilers became more power powerful. So this is why for us uh, we were uh, thinking. What's the difference? There is no much difference, at least uh, with the current terms. The architecture became much more complex, and it was just a natural step. It took right. about maybe three years of negotiations. I was talking to Pavel uh, Quadran and 
uh, was trying to convince him to join back because he originally split out. Uh, but uh, eventually, we just decided to merge our code bases. It took us several months of like uh, background work, and now we happily accept also 3D games. Ah, and now I remember there was something else. This, we started to expand the project scope a bit earlier before that, because when we advertised that we are now supporting role-playing games as well. Uh, why we did that? Mm. Because we uh, practically finished all of the most of the long, low-hanging fruits of the adventure games. <laughs> most the games which are left, yes, they are hard-coded or bizarre, mm. like no interest in, in them, not much interest. Uh, but there was some of our prominent team members; they were into RPGs. And this is how it started. So that moment we said, okay, we are accepting adventures and RPGs. Why not 3D games? Mm -hmm. Ah, we also started right. to accept mm -hmm. uh, text adventures as well. So yeah. our <laughs> original notion that only 2D point-and-click adventures is now void. So now, okay, right. and no 3D. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I, I do think for the better too. It's it's really nice having it all in one spot. You know, I think a lot of us adventure game fans um, have a, have at least a soft spot, if not nostalgia, for some text adventures. I was really excited when when you guys mm -hmm. recently merged. You know, the uh, all the Infocom things over. Yeah, it's 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 a hundred percent for the for the better. There's very few things Scum can't do nowadays. Yeah, it's exciting actually. Yeah. Just just yeah. looking at the list, checking what's new, what's been added, you know, because so many of us like so many obscure games from here and there that it's you know it's like a gift when one of them appear on on ScumVM. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we like we recently did an episode on Sanitarium, and we were happy to to report at the end of the episode, hey, you know, it's it's now it's now officially supported in Scum. You know, the the the, the next release will, the official mm -hmm. release isn't out yet, but grab a daily build and and you can you know you can play it in a stable environment. Um, so that kind of stuff's really nice. Well, I don't, I don't want to keep too much of your time, so I, I, I'm, I'm having to nix yeah. a lot of my, my remaining questions. But I got two more for you. Um, uh, so I guess I, the, I'm sorry. The I just one... I just uh, I just wanted to like finish to wrap up the previous because something popped to my mind. Another oh, please, great yeah. merger, which is very very similar, Mame and Mess. Oh, uh, Mame, right? You remember so mm -hmm. Mame and Mess, which was originally for uh, emulating computers. And emulating mm -hmm. arcades, and then at some point they merged, you know, together, and it was very, very similar fate of both projects, because there was so mm -hmm. much of the code overlap that at some point people say decided, okay, why we should support two code bases? Mm -hmm. Right, right, yeah, that's yeah. a great example. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. No, on one spot. Oh, right. Okay. So, um, okay. So I um. I guess I'll start with the AGS one. This one's kind of fun and, and personal to me as I, I am developing a game with AGS and, and I was just over the moon. Like it, it, it literally made my week when, when I saw the announcement that, that AGS was, was testing was available in the daily builds. And, and of course the first thing I did was load up my own game and, and within two weeks I watched it go from, you know, uh, understandably wonky to kind of perfect, um, as it stands now. Um, and so I just I just wanted to get a little bit of the history um, from you behind AGS. From what I understand, it was something you guys had hoped to do for a while. Um, and then right before I get that from you to to our listeners and to any potential developers um, who use AGS, I just want to say as a developer, it's it's really nice to have ScumVM support 
an adventure game you're making in AGS because I was able to, for example, port my game immediately. Um, AGS doesn't natively support Mac, so I could immediately port it to Mac um, or any of the just wider range of ports that are available for Scum, as we've been discussing. Um, to play my own game on, on my iPhone, for example, is really fun. Um, so to any developers out there, you know, it's 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 a great tool to have. You kind of just, you can make your own basically Scum VM wrapper. Um, personally speaking, I just kind of reverse, reverse engineered to be gratuitous um, what GOG did as far as how they were launching Scum games and just, you know, made a, made a batch for for Windows and a shell script for the rest and and was good to go. So with all that being said, thank you, first of all, because it helps us developers quite a quite a lot get, get the game widespread. Um, and then kind of back to the question as far as, you know, what was the driving force to merge AGS and what was that like? Because it's a, there's a lot of games. Yeah, uh, great question. We wanted it as uh, we wanted it before <laughs> it was even there when it was still a commercial project low sourced. And uh, because there were so many great titles on, on this engine. Yeah. And as you know, they're still being released. Just uh, last week, there was a uh, Tide uh, Waves, I think so. There was a new yes, yeah. great uh, uh, indie game, which was on the Kickstarter. And um, mm -hmm. uh, we wanted this. And then, of course, when the original author uh, he declared that he gave up with the project and this is why he's releasing the source code. We just immediately jumped on it. And we said, hey guys, yeah. we, we think that it's a perfect fit for us. Uh, we were asking, so many people were asking us. We had to use even a question about Maniac Mansion Deluxe in the FAQ where we explained this. This is different <laughs> uh, engine, yada, yada, yes. And now we wanted this. But uh, at that moment, um, some people have different memories. JS uh, folks have maybe different view, but we um, faced with like strong pushback from the original AGS guys uh, because uh, when, mm. when there was, not original guys, but when, um, when the source was released, there immediately uh, was created uh, like, um, how to say, bunch of people around the community that's the word uh, of developers who wanted to advance it who wanted to port it mm. develop it further etc etc and uh, they were telling us hey we have plans for developing the pro the project further and mm -hmm. if we would like if you would have to obey to your release schedule to your release practices we are not interested in that mm. and uh, for us um, we have we still have this internal policy we do not merge projects which are in active development because this is like cat and mice you you always right. have to chase it and uh, this is why we thought okay we don't want it uh, but then later we saw that in the years there were not so many uh, of development of the like dramatic changes and we didn't see practically a lot of advancement in the portability is special because they were saying, oh, we are going to, self, to solve portability issues by ourselves. Well, we are thinking, uh-huh, like we were doing it for 20 years. It's not a piece of cake. Uh, but, you know, we are polite. <laughs> this is why we were not telling it to them. And uh, mm -hmm. we were just watching. And then at some point we decided to ourselves, okay, guys, we see that it is stable. We will take this stable code. 
if uh, we are okay to support it by our own and we are okay to uh, even if we let's say uh, miss their further advancement have mm. support for yeah. thousands of the games this is one uh, wow. question be uh, reasoning behind it and second one and we still have plans for this uh, it's so sad to see that uh, the early games uh, before 1.5, I believe, uh, internal AGS version, are not supported by the modern AGS. So eventually we would like to bring this as well. Nice. So then we'll have the support for all of the games which are on AGS. That, that's nice. very exciting. We were we were recently mm -hmm. speaking with um, on the show here with with uh, Francisco Gonzalez, who I'm sure the, the name rings a bell for you, obviously of of Grindelwald Games, and um, we, he got to we kind of all got reminiscing about the the early early AGS days and and some of some of his uh, sillier games or or you know early games, and he was like uh, just just really hoping that the the pre you know two point seven or whatever games will be available soon. So that is exciting to to know that eventually down the line. But I don't want to get greedy because we just got AGS support, <laughs> so I'm very thankful for what we have right now. <laughs> um, all right, well that that brings me, I guess, I guess to to, to my last question for you, mate, and, and it's it's hopefully a fitting one. Um, I'll, I'll just step back and say that, that I. I I kept in touch with a, a, a lovely coder from your Google Summer Code project. Um, uh, his name was was Ashwin, um, and he was uh, I, I, correct me if I'm uh, if I'm wrong, but I guess kind of leading a a, a GUI um, implementation improvement. Basically, he was kind of leading the Summer Code project where Scum would get um, a little bit of uh, of more polish in the GUI in the form of graphical icons for each game, which which I'm really excited about and people can play with in the daily builds. Um, but to tie that in with the actual question is, along with that, what do you see for the future of Scum? And for a bonus question, do you have any kind of bucket list items for Scum that you would you know maybe just one day uh, on a fantasy level like to see? Mm, yeah, we do. Our to-do list is quite long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ashwin, uh, he was my student, by the way. I was mentoring him, a uh, brilliant young oh, nice. man. Yes, and uh, he did a great job. Actually, uh, I can tell you, it is uh, the, his work is already has been merged, and it is in the dailies. And yeah. uh, mm -hmm. moreover, uh, his work uh, spawned the whole community of we have now a bunch of people which are like really vividly updating and creating those uh, pictures, icons for the games. Yes. So yeah. once we have it released, we, we will hope to see like a lot of games covered with a very, very good and nice artwork. So it will be mm -hmm. a very usable feature. And um, yes, there are like one of the most requested things and we hope to have it uh, work on it uh, very soon is support for shader scalers, shader based scalers. Mm. You know, uh, the mm. uh, OpenGL is practically in every, like my fridge has OpenGL inside of it. Uh, so <laughs> for, uh, for us, it would, it would be <laughs> natural of uh, trying to mm -hmm. finally support that. Uh, so this is one of the big, bigger features. Of course, there are a number of the uh, engines which are in the work. Uh, we have even uh, 
Benjamin Jodu, who uh, reverses uh, engines for breakfast. We have maybe like 20 mm-hmm. half-baked engines from him. Uh, and some. Wow. And eventually we are going to to finish. Like there is internal work on the, um, how it's called? I remember the, uh, maybe you will remember this game. It was a Shadow of the Comet, yes. Engine is called Comet. This has been work uh, in work. Then we, uh, at this very moment, have pull request for the Chuwe escape from F5. This is uh, mm. German adventure. Uh, that's thin. We certainly hope, and for instance, I added to the JSOC projects, we would really love to see Penumbra games supported by mm. ScumVM, but we need somebody to work in of the porting this HPL1 engine, which is open sourced for a while, but I didn't see any ports. So, like, nobody, it's very big thanks to the original authors. Uh, company who open sourced it, but unfortunately, there I didn't see the community around it for increasing portability, yeah. etc. Maybe we will pick it up because those games certainly were pivotal. Uh, what else out of the bigger things? Mm. Well, there are like dozens of engines in the shadows, uh, but um, no. Mm. No promises, and uh, we every every month I hear something like uh, just uh, last month I was talking about uh, uh, another game where we will hopefully have access to the original source code soon or later, mm. uh, and uh, maybe we will ever expand it. Right now we have three point three and a half million lines of code, but yeah. that could be much wow. more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it is well how big is your team i mean i i guess people might come and go here and there because it's volunteer but on average about how many people are working uh with scum vm at one time mm, it is about i would say that the core is about 50 developer mm-hmm. developers and okay. uh, extended core is maybe like 80 80 80 to 100 and if we take a okay. look at the uh, statistics, uh, we have like 110, 120 contributors uh, on every year. Some sometimes people just submit patches. Right. Yeah. So, so it's a that big. That makes team. sense. Is it's there anybody? Is there anybody in particular you're looking for right now? If you had like a top two or three wish lists of of a specific type, is it Nintendo programmers or who is it you want on your team? Android and iOS. We don't have Android mm, and iOS okay. porters for like 10 years, and uh, the demand is huge. We just don't have those people. They don't come in. And I'm giving a call practically in every interview. They are not coming. <laughs> Please, if you <laughs> have love towards adventures or RPGs and have experience with Android, especially Android is very annoying. Um, every <laughs> every version they break compatibility and we don't have people who are staying on the edge like for instance at this moment we barely manage to make scum vm work normally on android 10 but we have a ban- mm-hmm. bunch of one star reviews because it doesn't work well on some of the android 11 and right. now yes. uh, two weeks ago we had first bug report one star review that it doesn't even start on Android 12. Come on, <laughs> uh, like we need somebody. 
And uh, for iOS, it's the same thing. We would really like to bring ScumVM to App Store, but we are reluctant to do it without somebody who would have like a couple of hours per week, not that much time, for giving us help mm-hmm. in hand. So that would right. be absolutely something which would help us big time. Well, with you're within the demographic. We, we may only have a couple of hundred listeners so far, but I'm going to guess about 90% of them are, are know somebody that knows something. So so maybe we will have some luck out there. I also want to take a second to just uh, thank a, a good friend of mine, uh, Sergio Carmona, for introducing uh, us to you, Eugene, because uh, you know he was the one that kind of brought us together and, and said, you know what, I, I'd really love to hear uh, some questions answered on your podcast. So so thanks again for that. Yeah, here, here. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I would definitely say to uh, as as I guess we kind of wrap here would say to uh, to again any any developers uh, on the AGS thing make sure you make sure you uh, if you already have a game you know a, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of our close personal mates um, are, are, have games with. Uh, that they're making an AGS, um, you know, Julian and Steven and stuff like that. If, if you've got one, um, just, just open up, um, open your game in scum, copy the, the, the game ID, go to the bug tracker and submit the ID for your game so that the next official release or for the next daily build, you know, somebody will be able to load your game in scum and it'll just have that nice polish of, you know, scum knows what game it is. Um, you could even take it a step further. I just recently up, uploaded the, uh, the icon, um, for my game, Eugenia, I don't know if you've seen on GitHub any any of the Phantom Fellows, but that's the game I speak of because I was constantly oh. sending you guys updates every time I updated the demo um, and things like that for for my game. It's it's a lot of fun. So anyway, just urge uh, any developers or any fans just to to get involved if you've got a passion project. If your thing is Willy Bloody Beamish, um, you know <laughs> it's time to start you know reverse engineering that code <laughs> one line at a time because you know basically right. it's the community that makes it happen so anyway eugene thank you for your time everybody go check out scumvm.org obviously um and perhaps more so or maybe a little less obviously is that our mate eugene here has a patreon um which i just discovered and joined so i would urge you guys to do the same um I'm just going to go ahead and put a link in the description. I don't expect anybody here to get a notepad out or anything. So we'll put a link in the description for <laughs> Eugene's Eugene's Patreon. And, you know, go show him some love and support. He's got some really cool tiers for uh, the technical-minded, too, if you want to get involved. And um, with that, Eugene, is there anything else you'd like to, to say or anything you'd like to plug? Or No, it was uh, really great. I enjoyed the interview. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, and to our listeners, just real quick, the usual, uh, we're a Facebook page. You can find us there, the Classic Gamers Guild. You can find us on Twitter at CGG Podcast. Say hello to Anna there. If you'd like to say hello to me on Twitter, it's at Phantom Fellows. Uh, We're on Instagram at CGG Podcast. Send us a bloody email if you want to. Mail at ClassicGamersGuild.com. Uh, we're also on Patreon, but but let's not steal the limelight from Eugene. Go to Eugene's Patreon this this time, all right? <laughs> um, but to our existing patrons, thank you guys so so much. Um, we love you guys. Uh, leave the podcast a review, I guess, um, and check out our adventure game, The Phantom Fellows, on any on Steam. Go bloody go wishlist it or or whatever, please maybe. Um, that's it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Don't do a murder. <laughs> <laughs>